Blow and the Doctor. Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. This is episode 19. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome. I hope you guys have had a good week. Seeing as Doctor Who is no longer on our screens, it's been one of those times where we have to occupy ourselves on a Saturday night. So what have you been up to, Adam? Well, I've been uh, watching a bit of classic. It's brilliant, actually, seeing all the guys, um, you know, all the people I chat to on the forums of Facebook. So everybody's dived into classics, like everyone's getting withdrawals. So they're like, right, what can we do? And it's brilliant seeing all these people like ordering. Uh, I saw one of the guys ordered Seeds of Doom recently and he's never watched it. And I was like, that's brilliant. You know, it's just great seeing all these people getting into all the classic stuff because of the new series. So, yeah, and I've been doing the same. I've been rewatching some some classics. Yeah, it's probably par for the course, isn't it? I think it's a must. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you have to be watching something <laughs> to do with Doctor Who. You can't just not watch it. Oh, actually, I meant to say <laughs> to you, uh, my my Series Eight DVD, the special edition, turned up today, which what? was a bit of a surprise. Huh? Yeah, huh? Huh? yeah. I've scheduled a post. Uh, it'll be on Facebook in about fifteen minutes, but I'll uh, I'll put a picture on the podcast Facebook as well. But it's uh, yes, yeah, very nice, very nice indeed. Wow, Series Eight. Yeah, I haven't even had a chance to like look at what's you know on it because um, I wanted to see what commentaries are on there because I know some people are saying that none of the commentaries feature Peter and Jenna. Um, and I don't know if that's true, but if it is, it's a bit slack, you know. I was really hoping they'd be on there. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't had a look at it yet, but it looks, what I have seen looks good. Okay. Came with some postcards and you can push the button on the front and it makes the TARDIS sound. Is it, you, you've ordered the same one, haven't you? Yeah. Did you get the Blu-ray set or the DVD? I got the Blu-ray set, yeah. Okay, and is the... Because I remember on the BBC website, um, it said artwork to be confirmed. But did it look like that? Was it the yeah, uh, no, purpley it's, blue it's, TARDIS thing? That's it, yeah. Blue TARDIS with all the sort of dimensions and lines. And um, it's got. it came with some postcards that are kind of shoved in the back of it on the outside of the box, uh, which I remember they did on um, a, a Blu-ray special edition a few years back for Series 5. And I think that because the DVD box is bigger, they sometimes have the postcards inside so it's a bit neater do you know what i mean okay yeah, whereas on the yeah. blu-ray they just there's nowhere to put them they're just sort of because it's cellophane they're just on the back and then obviously once you open it you haven't you can't put them inside so be interesting to see if the dvd actually houses the postcards but yeah from from having a quick look at it i haven't been home very long i sort of opened it, it was like whoa you know it had bbc shop on the on the box i, I guess what it was and uh, yeah it's pretty impressive so far comes with about six postcards and um I almost wondered if some were missing because it gives you sort of a postcard from the first two episodes, then it sort of jumps to the fourth episode, and they're all numbered uh, on the back, like Series 8, Episode 4. So it almost seems like they've only given you half the postcards, if you see what I mean. Uh, yeah. I which is a bit odd, but yeah, um, but yeah still still nice. Okay, cool. If you go, um, talking of uh, DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff, uh, I was in HMV the other day, and they had a whole kind of end of end of unit display for Doctor Who. Oh, which yeah. I thought was very cool, um, but it had a load of covers and like DVD and Blu-ray covers that I didn't I didn't recognise, and I'm guessing is, is this? Um, I'm sure you posted a picture on Facebook at some point um, of all of the or some of the covers from the blue. You know the the, the big box set yeah, that, that was released. Yeah. It looks like those that they've they've released individually. 
Right, I haven't actually seen these, um, the physical thing, but I've seen them online. Uh, yeah, I think they've reissued each series. As far as I know, they've only done it on DVD. Right, uh, they, right. they might have done it on Blu-ray, um, but I've only seen online the DVD. And yeah, they've used the covers that were in the Series 1 to 7 uh, box set. Right, so yeah. They've got yeah. to just sort of repackage them and, and, and uh, put them out. Okay. Well, I haven't actually physically seen them. These must be the DVDs then. Right, yeah. yeah. But I'm not too keen on them, buddy. Mm. I, they look They're a, a bit, bit simple, aren't they? A bit simplistic in cover. Yes, and they don't look because um, the the format that the the Beeb went with with the box sets when they released them periodically, as you know, as time's gone on since two thousand and five, mm. they've had these quite nice uh, covers where you've, it's like um, quite a simple background, but it's got like a photo of like David Tennant, for example, or uh, with Billy Piper or whatever in like this really cool pose, whatever. But these ones, they seem a little bit. Like almost um, like they're aiming for like the kiddie market almost. They look know? a bit. They, they yeah. They look a bit sort of budget, don't they? Um, yeah, yeah. The only one I, I do like the series four is it with the Dalek Shadow and Catherine Tate and the David Tennant. I like that cover, but I agree with you. The rest of them look a bit yeah, a bit shoddy. Yeah. You know, I've seen fan, it's amazing <laughs> when you see fan made ones and they're so good. And you sort of think, and then you sort of see the official ones, and they look like you know bootlegs that you'd get at Wembley Market or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was, um, I'm sure I saw a load of decent covers. I, I think it was on Gallifrey Base oh, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, a guy had done a load of them. They looked awesome. Oh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen some fan made ones where they've done like uh, the complete first Doctor and the complete second Doctor as if yeah, it's a box yeah. set. They look brilliant. Yeah, mm-hmm. you think, God, why can't the BBC do that? It's amazing. Yeah, damn BBC. Damn the BBC. <laughs> Dude? Yes. Let's do the news. Let's do the news. What's in the news? What's in the news? First up in the news, it's going to be a Capaldi, a Capaldi based news, I think, this week. The first one, you guys have probably seen this. Quite incredible, actually. That it's apparently this is not the first time that Capaldi's been involved with, with who, and I'm not talking about this ancient letter that he wrote, you know, as a kid to the. <laughs> what was that? What did he write? Was it the doctor, the official Doctor Who fan club? Yes, I think it, well, he kept. I think he wrote a few actually, some to the Radio Times and and some to, uh, yeah, the Who fan club. Yeah, yeah, He's quite so, active, uh, <laughs> active Who fan. Yeah, so I'm not referencing that going back too far, but apparently. Um, he actually went for, or was invited to audition for, um, the Eighth Doctor uh, for the movie. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw this. I was like, "Really? How do we That's not know?" That's amazing. Yeah. I know it's amazing. And even Stephen Moffat didn't know. Stephen Moffat nearly fell off his chair in the video clip. Did you see him? He was like, "What?" Yeah. As if like yeah. you know, as if my bet you didn't tell me that. Old yeah. Moffat. Yeah, he didn't know anything about it, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> No, but how incredible is that to think, you know, he could have been... But he, d- he didn't even do an audition or anything, did he? He actually turned down the audition. Is that right? He didn't... That's even... correct, yeah. So we, no. have to be, we have to be clear on this because I've seen on a couple of websites that uh, they've reported that, um, that Capaldi actually went for it um, but didn't, but didn't uh, originally go for it and just turn it down. But that's not the case. What, what happened was, um, he was he was asked to audition for it. Um, but he turned it down even at that stage. So he did not like he went for it and then turned it down after thinking about it. Um, and I wonder yeah. why, because, I mean, it, you know, it's on record that he's, we all know he's a big fan of the show and it's his dream role. 
must have been something about it that he didn't feel comfortable or you know something didn't sit right with him obviously because he didn't even do an audition for it so interesting it is interesting uh, there's a there's a quote um that during the interview it said he, he loved it so much that he didn't want to have the disappointment of going for something that he would never get oh all right <laughs> okay. you know so it's a bit yeah. of uh, i'm not sure if that was a confidence crisis or um i'm not sure but yeah so he was in he was actually asked to come and audition um for the movie and uh didn't work well, out. How, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can sort of imagine him in it, though, can't you? can imagine him doing the, you know, the whole bit when he's on the floor, who am I? You can really imagine Capaldi tearing into that scene yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, you can imagine him doing it. Yeah, that'd be, I mean, on one hand, it's great that he didn't because, you know, mm. uh, Paul McGann's such a fantastic doctor. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, I'm glad that he did get it, so... Just on a very quick side note, are you are you listening to any of the uh, Paul McGann audios? Have you got into any of those? Because he's have. fantastic on the Big Finish. Yes, I've got two of his audios. I think um, the Chimes of Midnight, good one, and um, Into Darkness. Is that, is that the title? Yeah, yeah. God, I haven't listened to that for you. Yeah, yeah, one of the earlier ones. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Yeah, Lo- love Paul McGann. I, I will get the Dark Eyes box set. I'm just oh, they're brilliant. Yeah, mate. I'm just waiting for it to drop in price just a smidge. Oh, I know. Um, they're a bit... Yeah, I mean, the pre-order price, I can't remember, was nowhere near what it is. It's like 40 quid now, which is a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Well, even if you if you go on a big finish site now and, and do a search for Dark Eyes, the first box set, uh, that is still 40 quid, the first one. Yeah. And it, do you know what? I've got no problem paying 40 quid for it because I think it would be very good because you've, you've got it yourself, haven't you? It's, yeah, it's it a great is story. very good. It is very good, yeah. I don't mind paying £40 for it. I really don't. The only reason why I'm not paying £40 for it is because I missed out on... Because Big Finish sometimes tweet out these offers, don't they? And uh, I had, I was away for the weekend or whatever it was. I came back and I'd missed the offer that they were selling Dark Eyes for £10. £10? Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so wow. I, I didn't know until I got back. I was I got back from, from holiday, vacation, whatever. I was going through emails and tweets. I saw it and I was a day late. So oh, after right. after going through that, I can't pay forty pounds for it. No, no, definitely you know? not. And they they do do these offers quite regularly. So just just keep your eyes peeled. Yes, and I'm hoping with the with the new the new ones coming out. Is it next year? Dark Eyes three. Dark Eyes three's just come out. Or is it, sorry, okay. Yeah, it's literally just been released, and then next year, obviously, is four. But number right, three right. has only just been released in the last few days. Okay, I read you, yeah. So I'm hoping now that these other ones have come out, the, the first one might drop a bit. Um, or I might just treat myself at Crimbo, just get the lot. I don't know. They often do offers over Christmas. They do like, they, they nearly always do like special offers at Christmas. So yeah, be worth keeping your eye out for that one. And actually, you know, the, the Eighth Doctor Adventures, um, they did four series of that. They're really good as well. And they, the last series, sort of builds up to dark eyes don't have to listen to it before dark eyes you can still enjoy dark eyes on its own but i would recommend listening to series four of uh ape doctor adventures because it it really neat leads nicely into it and uh, it's quite a shocking ending to that series um which is why he's in a certain place at the start of dark eyes so right, while you're on your christmas right. list yeah i really do re- recommend them it's very good sheridan smith's brilliant with um paul mcgann okay yep yeah so cool. yeah we're worth a listen so you heard that there, people. If you're thinking oh, of yeah. Dark Eyes, grab that one before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. The, the ending to the fourth series actually left me shocked. I was like, I can't <laughs> believe it. But uh, yeah, they're really good stories as well. They're really good fun. Okay, cool. 
Uh, so back to Capaldi. You had some interesting times with Mr. Capaldi. Yeah, I know. I actually actually got to meet him and got managed to get a very blurry iPhone uh, picture with him. Um, basically, <laughs> Such a good I went photo. To- yeah, I was pleased. I mean, I was lucky because there was there were so many people behind me um, that that didn't get to sort of meet him, and he he was trying to meet as many people as possible. He's he's absolutely amazing with the fans. Um, basically, I went to this thing on Sunday afternoon. It was called um, an afternoon with Mark Gattis and friends, and it was to raise money and awareness for the London Lesbian and Gay Switchboard. And basically, there was Paul, um, Peter Capaldi, Andrew Scott, who's Moriarty and Sherlock, mm-hmm. Sue Perkins, Miranda Richardson, Darren Brown, Amanda Abingdon. And they all basically just joined Mark Gattis on stage and they all had a bit of a chat and everything. Peter Capaldi was fantastic. I mean, he, he, they sort of threw the... Uh, they threw questions from the audience. You know, they asked the audience if they want what, they, what to ask. Yeah. And uh, basically, Peter Capaldi said that... Um, he wanted his own TARDIS. He really would love to see the Roundels come back. He thinks his doctor would suit the sort of 60s console room, which got a massive cheer. He's like, I really want the Roundels back. Oh, cool. uh, he said, he, he right. kind of said, it's all down to budget. You know, he said, I've kind of inherited Matt's TARDIS, but you know, uh, basically he was sort of, he worded it very well. He wasn't sort of um, nasty or anything. He said, you know, the BBC are very careful with licensed payers' money. So obviously I inherited Matt's TARDIS. Uh, he said the same applied to the Sonic. He kind of hoped he'd get his own Sonic. Um, but again, uh, the budgetary, the you know, they think there's still usage in Matt's Sonic, which is why he's got it. Um, and uh, he also said, and this has got another huge cheer, that he, he hopes he doesn't regenerate for a very long time which was great because obviously we've been talking about how long he's going to be in the role recently. And it was so nice to hear him confirm that he really is enjoying it, wants to stay in that role for some time. So yeah, three really, really sort of great things to hear come from the man himself. Wow. That's awesome. Because on the last episode, you and I were talking about Mm -hmm. uh, some of the rumors that were going around about how long his contract would be. And there was quite a lot of, of, of chatter about this being his only season. He was going to, um, he was going to bow out at the Christmas special. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, so it's great news that he's um, that he's really into it because he's signed on, hasn't he, for Series 9. That's been confirmed now. Well, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Mo- Moffat is confirming all this stuff and none, none, the BBC aren't sort of confirming anything. But yeah, Moffat has confirmed that he's he's in Series 9 yeah, for but, sure, which is great. But Jenna Coleman hasn't. She hasn't been confirmed, no. No. Mm. She's not going to be in it. Everybody's stroking their chin, making that noise. <laughs> hmm. Mm. What's going on there? Hmm. She's out of it. Yeah. Um, but I just got to say how amazing Capaldi was with the fans because, you know, none of those other guys came out after the show. Uh, right. Mark, Mark Gattis was brilliant. When he when he went into the theatre, he signed loads of autographs, had loads of pictures. He was great. Um, they were all running late, of course. So they literally, when they got there, they were straight in the theatre. But afterwards, everybody rushed around to the stage door. It was absolutely rammed. I couldn't tell you how many people were there, but let me tell you, there was a lot. None of them came out. Andrew Scott from uh, Sherlock, you know, Moriarty didn't, you know, didn't even entertain it. Um, Peter Capaldi really didn't have to come out, and he did. Do you know what I mean? He, re- the guy who was on the sort of stage door, said, "Look, Peter said he'll come outside and meet you guys." And obviously, like, I was thinking, how on earth is he going to cope with this crowd? And he just did. He just came out and he spent ages, mate. He just spent ages signing, having all, you know, doing photos and stuff. And he really didn't have to do it. None of the other guys did. Do you know what I mean? He could have quite easily just stayed in there drinking or crept out the front or just left. You know what I mean? He really didn't have to do it. And it was amazing how 
sort of um, generous he was with his time. And as I say, he even when he had to go, I mean, he must have spent, I think he was there for a good 45 minutes to an hour. My partner says it wasn't that long, but I'm, I felt like we were there for ages waiting to meet him. And I kept getting closer and closer. And there were, you know, it was a bit of a scrum. There's loads of pushing and shoving and, and stuff. And um, yeah, eventually he said, look, I'm, I'm going to have to go, guys. I'm sorry. And, you know, there was loads of people still waiting to meet him. But yeah, he's incredible with the fans. I'm really impressed. Oh, that's cool. Impressed of him. Yeah, really impressed. That reminds me of uh, Mr. Tennant. Oh, really? He's very much like that. Yeah, whenever he does, not just Doctor Who as well, and whenever he does um, like anything on stage and that sort of stuff, he's always out by the stage door, always happy, which is really weird because when he did um, uh, some Shakespeare earlier on in the year or late last year, um, I think he was doing Richard III, I'm pretty sure. Um, at the stage door, it was always just chock a block with Who fans, mm. and he he just had no problem at all in just standing out there, having photos taken, signing autographs, and uh, he just doesn't seem to mind. So it's I love it when actors are like that because there's nothing worse than than meeting like somebody who you admire on screen and they turn out to be a complete douche. <laughs> no, that's right. There's nothing worse. So that's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I've heard that about David Tennant. I've, I've never been lucky enough to meet him. I've come very close a couple of times at signings and stuff, but I have heard he's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It does make such a difference. I'm, I'm really hoping he's going to jump on a couple of conventions next year because um, he has done a few Doctor Who conventions already, not like the mainstream ones like uh, Comic-Con or Collectomania. I'm talking about some more sort of quieter ones. Um, Tennant or yeah, uh, Tennant. Tennant, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, Hmm, that's really cool, dude. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Amazing experience. Next bit of news? Yeah, talking of legends. Talking of legends, let's go from one to another. That lovable old guy, Bernard Cribbins. Oh, he is as well, isn't he? I yeah. just think Bernard Cribbins is is just, a like you said, a legend, proper legend. He is, hasn't he? He's been around for donkey's years as well. <laughs> he has, <laughs> been, yeah. Yeah, so he's getting an award, which is very cool. Uh, apparently, I've not heard of this one before, but apparently he's getting uh, the J.M. Barry Award. Um, which now, what is, is this, Gary? You'll have to tell me. Yeah, so um, essentially it's um, uh, the, the Action for Children's Arts J.M. Barry Award is given, uh, they give it every year, and it's normally to people who have um, been working in the industry a long, long time, and it's just basically to to just award them for their services towards stage film television especially anything towards children basically okay and um uh, it's presented as part of the great ormond street children's charity award so it's kind of it's all geared around like kids and you know um and that kind of stuff so i can't think of anybody nicer at this you know as they normally give it to like more older actors really uh, yeah. people have like really earned their stripes in the industry and uh, so Bernard Cribbins more than deserves it in my opinion because he's been around for so long and he's been around he's been in so many things I don't even there's probably loads of things that he's been in I don't even know yeah I was gonna you say know? if you looked on his um what's it called I am I always get the letters round wrong IMDB or yep, international yeah yeah I mean he's had a phenomenal career when you look back over all the stuff he's done yeah and loads like since um he was in the 66 um uh, daleks invasion of earth that's with, right yeah peter cushing yeah nobody I, knows that i love that film <laughs> love it yeah that's really cool that's so he's been involved with doctor who for many many years um, he was the policeman i wish i could remember the character's name oh I yeah should, oh. should know it can what say campbell something campbell 
Mm. Oh, but yeah, he's really yeah. great in that film, isn't he? Yeah, he's brilliant. And obviously, so much fun. you know, obviously as um, I'm going to call him a companion, Wilf. He was a companion, wasn't he? Oh, I think so. I love the and I love the character of Wilf. And yeah. him and Tennant together were brilliant. Yeah, really cool. I mean, I'm, I know that The End of Time doesn't really get very good reviews, but um, Wilf and the Doctor were very, very good together in that. Yeah. Quite emotional as well. I always yeah. wanted to... Actually, this is this just reminds me of the last series, but not that I want to remind you of Death in Heaven. Uh, but I, I just <laughs> thought about the scene where... Um, Wilf salutes the tenth Doctor in in just before he's about to regenerate, and it always annoyed me that the Doctor just sort of gives him this glum face and doesn't salute back. And so it's always a little thing that's uh, niggled me in that scene because I'm always like, no, show Wilf some respect, give him a salute. But maybe that's just a Doctor thing that he doesn't salute then. Y- yeah, well, let's because be I on- love Will so much. You know, let's be honest. At the end of uh, series four, Mister Tennant was incredibly grumpy. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he did, you know. did go a bit dour. Yeah, because you know that scene at the end where he goes off and he says goodbye to the various people? Mm. Um, there's not one smile, there's not a wave, hardly anything really. It's just a very stern face, quite quite grumpy. I, I'm not sure. I, I could have been a slightly bit more upbeat, shouldn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I, I, it's been a while since I've watched watched that two-parter. Do you know, I think it's... It's due a rewatch in the uh, Geeks household. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't I, watched that one for a while. Yeah. I was listening to um, to uh, another Doctor Who podcast a few months ago. A rival podcast? A rival podcast. <laughs> a podcast, no, you say? We, lo- we love all podcasts. <laughs> we do. And this particular podcast um, absolutely destroyed it, The End of Time, part one and two. Really? They, Yeah. I mean, this particular podcast of, are very, very – they're very – critical about doctor right. who that very very rarely do they give a thumbs up completely um they're very very um don't get me wrong they're extremely knowledgeable and they're very funny guys and they know their stuff but they're they're very hard to please and um yeah for the end of time part one and two they just went they just took him to the cleaners really yeah this went nuts no i know i do need to give it a watch i, I remember um liking it i don't remember you know it had its faults there were bits i didn't really like but but I do remember enjoying it. I don't. I don't remember sort of thinking it was a bad, a bad send off particularly. Yeah, I mean, I I quite like it. It's um because I I really like uh, ten, you know. But mm. um, but I you know along with some other episodes, I understand its flaws. I get that it's not the best and all that stuff. But you know, still, it's not the best end of series finale. But then again. <laughs> We've had worse. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Try not to mention it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Bernard Cribbins. Well deserved. Definitely. Yeah. Adam. Yes. Shall we do our retro respective review? Let's do it. The Five Doctors. Whoa. So, that's what it's all about. I never dreamed. It changes nothing. Absolutely nothing. We lure the force field, get the young fellow back from Gallifrey and all go home. This doesn't concern us. It mustn't. What does the inscription say? Yes, I'd quite like to know as well. Yes, we've all been through a great deal to get here. You? Tell them. It's Old High Gallifreyan, the ancient language of the Time Lords. Not many people understand it these days. Fortunately, I do. It's all very interesting, I'm sure, doctors, but what does it say? That this is the tomb of Rassilon? where Rassilon lies in eternal sleep. It also says that anyone who's got this far has passed a number of dangers and shown great courage and determination. 
What does this bit mean? To lose is to win, and he who wins shall lose. I know what it says. What does it mean? It also promises that whoever takes the ring from Rassilon's hand and puts it on shall get the reward he seeks. What reward? Immortality. But live forever, never die. That is what the word means, young man. But that's impossible. Apparently not. It seems Rassilon possesses it now and is willing to share it with whoever takes the ring. Thank you, gentlemen. That is exactly what I needed to know. The master's back. <laughs> oh, even that even that little clip puts a massive smile on my face. Yeah. Seriously, I just love it. Great scene. All of them working it out. It's like pulling teeth, that bit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> They're all working it, you know. <laughs> to lose is to win, and he who wins shall lose. Oh, oh it's amazing. Brilliant. And then Anthony the master Ailey. pops up. Yeah. Camping it up as the master. And I love him in this, you know. I absolutely, he's so, he still looks like he's reveling in it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's cool. Very, very cool. And um, yeah, he was, um, he was, he was a good master, I thought. Yes, he yeah. is. I mean, he's, you know, for me, Roger Delgado is the definitive master. But I think Anthony Ainley, um, I just, I just love him as the master. I think, I, I mean, he was the master when I grew up. So I kind of didn't know any better for, for many years. But yeah, I think he's great. He did camp it up a bit, though. You were right. He does yeah. camp it up, yeah, but it kind of works. He kind of he does the pantomime villain, but he doesn't overdo it in my book. Yeah, you yeah. know, I still think he he, he plays it well, and um, yeah, and I just love him in this, even in that little clip. You know, he's, he's really sort of going for it, isn't he? Yeah. So uh, this was um, this was first broadcast when I was a wee lad. Uh, it was nineteen eighty three. And I've uh, got a little factoid for you that I know you'll love. Shoot. Did, did you know that this was actually broadcast in the US two days before it was broadcast in Britain? So they got to see it first. So even then, they were being, <laughs> even then they were getting preference. Yeah, they got it on the 23rd of November, and uh, we got it two days later in the UK. I just thought I'd tell you that because I know how much you love it that they... <laughs> Our US fans get uh, privileges like this. Oh, mate, why have you said that? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to bring it on a downer. I just wanted to tell you. Bloody hell. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, the only reason I, I knew that is because I was uh, looking on the old Wikipedia, so it might not even be true. <sighs> Gary, come back to me. Is so this like um, is the BBC? Have they got connection? Are they like some sort of UN kind of uh, ambassador <laughs> thing are they are we in america's pocket or something ladies and gentlemen i must apologize i tipped gary over the edge i never <laughs> should have, never should have mentioned it oh, i'll uh, i'll make up for it by not saying the word season for the rest of the podcast cool cool um, so yeah sorry mate what were you saying yeah so 1983 yeah uh terence dicks uh directed Legend. by peter moffat mm. any relation no, I don't believe so. I always get confused between him and and there's another director um, as well. Yeah. But yeah, no relation to the moth. Cool. Which is a good thing. <laughs> Why is that a good thing? That was stupid. Doesn't matter, not, does it? Not that we know of. Not that we know of. Anyways, The Five Doctors. So um, yeah, I watched this for the first time uh, two weeks ago. Is it the first time you've seen it? Yep. Right. Yeah, so uh, I thought, you know, I've got about five unwatched classic dvds on the shelf uh, i thought no i'll buy another one <laughs> so i ended up ordering the five doctors actually i wanted to ask you did you watch the original version or the special edition uh 
Because you know they like altered it. It took ages for the original to actually come out on DVD. I watched, um, well, when I put the DVD in, on the menu, it said the broadcast edition. Oh, thank goodness for that. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad about that. I thought you would be. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it when they tamper with things. You know, yeah, they, they put all yeah. these new effects on it that sort of were dated before it. they even managed to get it out and... Yeah, just just give me the original. You yeah. know. Although I like to see the extra scenes, that's interesting. But okay, yeah, no, this was definitely it. the original. <laughs> Good stuff. But, yeah. Okay, I can I can relax now. And you can that. sleep tonight now. That's yeah. it. Because I was worried about that. <laughs> so the <laughs> the story is thus: um, there's a um, uh, a guy who's on the the Gallifreyan Council. The mm-hmm. president, is it the president? Lord President, Barossa? Barossa. Yep. Uh, he, he's after um, uh, the, the, ring, the ring of Rassilon, right, for eternal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, in order to get into Rassilon's tomb, am I saying, yeah, Rassilon's tomb? Yeah, tomb uh, of Rassilon. That's it, yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, remember, I only saw this two weeks ago. <laughs> I watched it again last week, but anyway. Uh, so in order to get there, though, because it's like full of booby traps and whatnot, um, he gets the doctor in his previous carnations to sort all that stuff out so he can just waltz in and take the ring. That's, that's pretty much it in that's a nutshell. pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we see, so this is set in the, the time period of um, the Peter Davison era. Uh, so we see the incarnations previous to that. Uh, unfortunately, we don't see too much of one of them, which we'll come on to in a bit. Mm. Um, but for the most part, uh, they're all there, and uh, yeah. So it's got um, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a strange story, really, because I found that it was it was very um, it was very blocky. I don't mean that negatively. It was it was kind of done in blocks with each doctor, and then mm. they all kind of joined up at the very end. Yeah, which is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I tell you, dude, I really really liked it. Oh, I'm glad because I I love this story. Really, really good. I, I know it's not the longest. You know, it doesn't go into. It, it's not a very timey. This is going to sound really weird. It's not a very timey wimey story, even though it is dealing with time. Oh my god! Even though it's dealing with timey wimey stuff with like all these previous doctors, it is pretty straightforward. Yeah, I think that's what I like about it. I mean, when you consider how many elements are thrown in there, like how many doctors you've got, how many old enemies you've got you know all these things it, it it could have been a real jumbled mess and yet you're right because it's you know each one's allowed their own sort of block like you said their own little bit and then it all comes together at the end it works incredibly well yeah. um i think terence Dix did an amazing job because he does keep it nice and simple you know like i said it could have been really over complicated and a complete mess but it's i find i just think it's yeah it's really simple it's a nice easy watch with loads going on and just loads of throwbacks for you know for fans of the show for me because it celebrated it's the 20th anniversary celebration wasn't it That's i always right. used yep. to think it was the 25th but of course <laughs> it was the 20th yes and um yeah i just think it you know i i just think it does everything it needed to do without sort of blowing it really yeah it was very cool and I, I after i watched it the second time i sat there and i thought this really is just such great storytelling for doctor who mm. because you've got all these different elements within the story but it all just seems to fit really nicely everything slots in yeah. to, to a really nice conclusion at the end and it doesn't it doesn't draw out this really long you know climatic you know scene at the end it's, it, it wraps it up fairly quickly it's more about the build-up and more about 
seeing each doctor go through their respective you know parts of the story which is really cool but i did think after after i watched it the second time i thought to myself and i'm not i'm not the sort of person that 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 bashes Stephen moffat i'm really not but i thought to myself if he would have wrote this story i would have i would have been hanging from the bloody rafters with like stars going around my head cross-eyed afterwards <laughs> yeah. so thank you know thank heaven somebody like terence Dix wrote this um because he's a really good writer isn't he let's let's not beat around the bush no he it's is he's, he is a great writer yeah and i think you know as much as i loved day day of the doctor and i did i did enjoy it very much um it didn't hit the heights of celebrating the show um for me personally i mean i loved it great episode but, but this is a celebration of the show. It, it's just got everything in there. Um, and I suppose, you know, they, they don't want to do the same thing twice, so they don't want to sort of have all the Doctors in it again. But for, for me, this is a proper celebration of, of uh, 20 years of Doctor Who. They, you know, there's so much stuff in there um, for the fans and, and for, just for a casual viewer. Do you know what I mean? I just think it's a great, great episode. Yeah, it's really cool. Very, very cool. Actually, I say the casual viewer. I don't know if I'm right to say that. I mean, would somebody... <laughs> Would somebody who never watched Doctor Who could they watch it? Do you think and um, understand it? Maybe I'm wrong in saying that. I I think they could, with the exception of the Rassilon bit, because mm, if okay. you didn't really know who he was and why why he's got this ring and why he's in the tomb, I think it could be a bit. Well, why are they? People might think. Well, why are they? Why are they doing this? You know, what's the deal? Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. But I think they would pretty much understand. You know, all of the individual the doctor segments and, and what's going on and i suppose even if they didn't really understand it it's still fun to watch isn't it there's a lot of humor in there and yeah, a lot of action yeah. as well so yeah i think yeah i think you you know they'd enjoy it either way yeah and put it this way there was there are quite a few more really kind of head scratching stories from the classic years that you know this is quite tame yeah you know what i mean oh yeah this is i think this is a nice easy watch yeah it is um okay so let's talk about each doctor yeah, okay. What did you think of um, uh, Richard Herndl? Well, actually, I, I think he does a really good job. I mean, I, I'm going to show my age here. I mean, I, you know, when this first went out, I watched it as a kid. And um, I wasn't aware that it was a different actor, you know. Um, oh, really? Okay. No, no, I wasn't. I mean, I, I didn't really sort of, you know, I, I don't know how old I would have been, actually. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just assumed he was the original actor. Obviously, you've you've got... William Hartnell right at the very beginning as well. Yeah. Um, which is a lovely, quote. yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Really nice to, to have that clip uh, and that speech, which of course has become so, so sort of uh, famous, isn't it really? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, no, I thought Richard Hundred did a, a good job. I mean, he is different to William Hartnell, obviously, but I, th I think he tries to incorporate the sort of um, stubbornness of the doctor and, you know, the mannerisms and all that. Yeah. I think he does a good job. I think he pulls it off really well. I thought he was quite cool. There were there were a couple of times where I thought, because uh, it, it was quite obvious that um, in a couple of scenes, uh, it, it was probably a second or third take, because you can tell that the um, the director would have been like, no, we need a bit more Hartnell here, because mm. his his mood changes quite quite drastically and quite quickly from one moment being quite um, natural as him as you know as he is himself as Richard Herndl, but. It, it changed quite quickly, and he was very, very William Hartnell just for a moment. Mm -hmm. So there was these little, these little lines that he said and things which were very, um, very different in delivery and tone than the previous, 
line, which had maybe been 10 seconds before that. Yeah. So I think there were times when they probably thought, you know, we need you to be a bit more Hartnell here. You know, this is how he would have said it. You know, this is how he would have, have, have delivered this. Um, but overall, I thought he was quite cool. He had that yeah. grumpiness, like you say. I love um, his um, reactions to Tegan as well. There's some really nice little moments inside the TARDIS where he, <laughs> he just instantly doesn't take to Tegan, does he? When, when she says, oh, I'll, I'll come with you. And he sort of goes if you must or something like that yes that's yeah hard. No, and i think that's what you're saying isn't it yeah there are scenes i think the tardis scenes particularly he's yeah he's directed to be very much like hartnell uh in those scenes with tegan and then they're fun yeah you know? and uh, when i've watched other other tv shows or movies in the past i've always i've always kind of dreaded that moment where they've got a different actor to play the same character but i didn't really have any complaints with with uh with richard handel i thought he was quite cool yeah no yep. same yeah i thought it works well troughton great what a guy he was so good as the doctor he's 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 just wonderful at this he's he's just so much fun and pairing him with the brig um because i i would have thought you know the the third doctor was more sort of paired with the brig so it's unusual to get the second one with the brig dear but 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 it works so well the banter between the two of them is brilliant isn't it i thought the same i thought they were going to pair uh pertwee with with the brig yeah, I, I would have thought that that might have been something to do with the, obviously having to re- rewrite it when Tom decided to decline to be in it. Yeah. Um, I think they probably had to jumble things around because I would assume, and I don't know this for sure, but I would assume if Tom had have had agreed to be in it, he would have been put with Sarah Jane. Um, and so, and then the third Doctor of the Brig, and possibly Jamie was the second Doctor. I don't know. I mean, I'm just guessing, but I assume it's all to do with the sort of knock-on effect of Tom declining to be in it. Uh, but it works well. I think the Brig and the Second Doctor, there's, there's some really nice lines written for them, really nice banter between the two of them. And it's a lovely moment, isn't it, when he turns up and uh, to the um, uh, the HQ at the beginning. Oh, the reunion Just, thing. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, and he's like, yesterday's times or tomorrow's times or whatever and, and all that, you know. And, and that's where that famous line, of course, you've redecorated, I don't like it. And all that <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a great, great little scene. Yeah, and I think... Um, the more that I watch of Troughton, the more that I find that if if you were to pluck any of the classic Doctors out and plop them in current Who, mm. he he would be the one for me that would suit the current Doctor Who as it is now. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Because he seems to have that... Because I, I know that Matt Smith um, Matt Smith based a lot of his uh, Doctor on, on Troughton. The mannerisms and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the more I watch Trout and some of his older stuff, the more I think, you know, he, he would be so well suited to, if you could, you know, if he was still with us, you could prop him into current Who and it would fit so well. I really enjoy watching him. He's a great doctor. Yeah, no, I think you're you're spot on there, actually. Yeah, I think I think he could work for a modern audience because some, someone like the third doctor, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of John Pertwee, but... Yeah, you're right. Would you know he was very suave and a bit sort of pretentious at times, and you know <laughs> might not necessarily work with a sort of younger audience today. Yeah, he hasn't got that sort of clown-like sort of mischievousness, and yeah, I mean he's a he's a great doctor, um, Pat Troughton. Really cool. Yeah, and he's also got this um, this element of of surprise about him. Mm. You, you never know where how he's going to um, return stuff in conversation sometimes he's he has this real big smile on his face and it's very it's a really happy place and then w- literally within a second when he says his next line he's got this real sour face like this grimace <laughs> it's it's just really cool he's great to watch 
he has yeah you're right he's got a great sort of expression at face hasn't he and yeah. uh, sometimes the way he delivers lines as well is, is quite sort of uh, he sort of says oh dear and you know he's very sort of yeah he's just very unique i think uh, patrick chowan and he slips back into the role amazingly well considering he can't you know he wouldn't have played that part for quite some time and he just you know he's just just brilliant yeah Do you know what i mean great. just slots straight back into the second doctor i think really very cool mm. What about which kind, what about Mr. Pertwee? Yeah, I was going to say which kind of leads us on to Pertwee. Now I'm a big you know a big Pertwee fan, mm-hmm. um, but having watched this again uh, before we recorded, uh, watched this the other day, and he doesn't quite slip back into the same character. He's almost he's almost too much John Pertwee and not enough Doctor. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. you know it's not a criticism. He's still still really good, but. It, I did sort of feel there are moments when he's there's moments when he is the doctor, like uh, when they meet the Raston robot and stuff, and he's very much in in role then. But then there's other bits where he's um, sort of when he first meets Sarah Jane and that, and he's not quite back into the sort of same character of the Third Doctor, if you see what I mean. I mean, he's still good in it. Don't get me wrong. No, I, I totally agree. Because you know what yeah, I mean. I thought he was a bit quiet. That's what I mm. thought. He was a bit. Was uh, kind of reserved a little bit, like he wouldn't, he didn't really want to go for it, like he used to when he was when he was doing that role. Yeah, and uh, it was a real not a shame because, like you say, he was still quite good in it. He, you know, I didn't I didn't feel like oh that was a bit of a letdown. You know, the third Doctor didn't. He still delivered a good performance for me, um, but he was a bit sub. I don't know what the right word to use is really, but he was he was a bit quiet, wasn't he? He wasn't yeah, like the older was- Doctor that we know. No, that's right. It's not quite, not quite the same, same sort of character. Yeah, that's right. And this is a strange thing to say, but I've never liked his outfit. I don't like that big <laughs> coat he's got. I, you know, the doctor, third doctor to me is maybe. Oh, I don't know. I was going to say maybe he couldn't pull it off, but I'm sure he could. But the sort of frilly shirts and the velvet jackets and all that. You know, maybe it would have looked a bit ridiculous. I don't know, but it, yeah, something about it doesn't hundred percent work for me. Um, and the pairing with Sarah Jane is a bit odd as well. I mean. I love Sarah Jane, but she doesn't really get a lot to do in this apart from sort of fall down that cliff and scream. And she's not, again, not really in the sort of Sarah Jane character, um, particularly. I read you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very similar thing to, to Pertwee though. Mm. It, it just felt like she wasn't really, uh, kind of a hundred percent into it and giving her, giving her best like she was when she was actually in the show. No, I mean, you it's know? difficult cause you've got so many people in there it's difficult to give them stuff to do um you know but she's a bit sort of whiny in it and it's more down to the script than her is what i'm saying i mean she's you know this laden's great but yeah in terms of the sort of character in it you know it is not is not sort of bang on the money if you like yeah and it's a um i think some of this is due to the runtime it's not you know with some Mm. uh classic stories it can go on for quite a while and that gives you a lot of scope a lot of room to to, to write various things in for your characters and they can go off and do stuff and but I think with this one I think what was it 90 minutes 80 minutes something like that 90 minutes isn't it yeah, yeah. so it, you know with this many characters you, you can't you can't write a great script for every single person because there's just not enough screen time and there's not enough oh no that's you, right you know what I mean and then Tur- I mean Turlo and Tegan don't get Turlo gets absolutely nothing to do does he actually I was watching it the other night <laughs> Um, he gets to make a cup of tea uh, and, uh, you know, for the 
first doctor um but he really doesn't get anything to do in this story at all <laughs> you know <laughs> he had a really easy day at the office that that for this one didn't he he had a quiet one for sure yeah and yeah. uh yeah i mean tegan she didn't really have a great deal i mean she was very right. um i don't know she was very uh just there like a bit like sarah sarah jane really she was just kind of there just she she said what she needed to say a few times she didn't really get involved too much no um, and as i say the best scenes really is with with when she's with william hartnell uh richard hundrell and there you know he's sort of um being very chauvinist and stuff and peter davidson's trying to sort of <laughs> calm her down because obviously she's quite a fiery character that works really well actually showing the difference between the sort of times and the doctors and stuff you know the fact he is go and make some dinner and sort of thing she's like hang on a minute yeah you know, that's, that works well yeah and that's um yeah you're right and let, let's talk about before we move on to tom baker let's talk about um uh, peter davison uh he was quite cool i i like peter davison i like peter davison yeah cool. i think he's a good doctor um, yeah. i was a bit i wanted to see a bit more of him Actually, I wanted to see a bit more of all of them, but I wanted to see a bit more of Davison. Because um, I know that he probably finished with the most amount of screen time, but I wanted to see a bit more of of Peter Davison, if you know what I mean. I wanted to see... Because there are some of the... Some of his his own episodes uh, are cracking. And when, mm. he, when he really goes for it, it's really... He's so good to watch. So yeah. I wanted to see a bit of that in this episode. I wanted to see him go for it a bit more. Um, but he, again, he was a bit, just a tad quiet. A bit like a bit like Pertwee, just a bit quiet. Yeah, I don't know if it was a sense of sort of like, you know, obviously there's a lot of, um, I don't know, not big egos, but there's a lot of big, obviously they were sort of giving each other their own space maybe a bit and trying not to outdo each other. Maybe that was why. But I know what you mean. It would have been nice to see him with a bit more fire in his belly in this story. Yeah, because um, I love it when he meets the master and the Cybermen are coming down the hill. And there's something about Peter's doctor and Anthony Andy that works incredibly well. Um, I don't know what it is, but I like those two together. So they don't get a lot of screen time together in this. Um, yeah, but I like that yeah. scene where they're where they're coming down and you know the the doctor, the master, just having a chat, and then the master gets zapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was cool actually. Zapped. Zapped. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think of the Cybermen in this story? By the way, Cybermen. Um, I thought they. I thought they were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I did think that they were caused. They were going to cause a bit more trouble. Right. You know, I thought they yep. were going to be a bit more menacing for the for the Doctor. But right. um, I don't know. I've I, I quite like the classics. Um, I was going to say Spider Men then. Oh, the classic Spider-Man. Yeah, the, the classic <laughs> Cyber Spider. Yeah, um, I quite like the classic uh, Cybermen. I, th- I, I think do. they're they're very cool, and um, they haven't got this kind of uselessness Iron Man look about them that they have now. Um, no, they, I love the design of them in this. I think they yeah. look brilliant. Yeah, they've got this um, this almost menacing uh, effect to them, but they've got this vulnerability as well. Because yeah. I did, what about the scene with the Raston robot though? I mean, when they're all getting slaughtered, that's quite a scene, isn't it? I mm. mean, that yeah. considering that's a guy in a pair of silver spandex or whatever, don't you <laughs> think he works incredibly well? It, it it is quite vicious, isn't it? I mean, they literally get slaughtered, and yeah, um, yeah, you know. But I I love the design of the Cybermen, and uh, and I I think you you're right. They don't get a lot to do in the story, but I still think they're quite menacing in the scenes they're in. Although that that bomb that they build is. Uh, 
is badass. But I mean, what, <laughs> why they need that giant bomb just to get in the TARDIS, I don't know. That's, it wouldn't have worked anyway, would it? Uh, no, I don't think That's so. Crazy, yeah, That's crazy. But um, but I love it all the same. <laughs> Actually, um, I was going to mention um, the Raston robot later. Mm. Oh right. Um, but seeing as you, met, it's um, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, that that's something I would love to see in a modern Who story, the Raston robot. Oh, yes, that would be great. I mean, it's so simple, isn't it? It's such yeah. a simple design, and yep. but it's vicious, isn't it? These blimming great spears and stuff coming out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah they could do that. That'd be great. Yeah, the Cybermen coming over the hill, he just cleaned up. He did, yeah. S- I mean, when that, that last scene of him just stood there. And he just chops the sideburns head off. You know, it's just like, whoa, he's not taking any nonsense. Yeah, it's like the guy programming him. He's like, if you see Cybermen, don't take any, don't <laughs> yeah. take any crap. Don't take it, yeah. Very yeah. cool. Uh, Tom Baker, what, what are we going to do with him? Well, Tom. Why did he not agree to be in this? Well, I think he has said since that he, he regrets it. But if you think about it, it was only two years since he left the part. And I think he just felt it It was sort of too soon, really. I think he just sort of, I don't know. I, I have a feeling it was quite late in the day that he actually decided not to do it, wasn't it? I think scripts were sort of half written and stuff. And, and then he, because I, I, I might be wrong, but I think he had a sort of provisionally said he'll do it. And then he just decided no, you know. But I know it, w- it would have been, it would have been phenomenal if he'd been in it. Yeah. But, it would yeah. have been very cool because I thought that now I I'm I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do, buddy. Mm-hmm. But the scenes that he was in it, yeah, were they filmed for this or did they just nick like some outtakes or something from a previous episode? No, they're from they're from Sharda, um, a Douglas Adams story which um, never got finished because there was industrial action at the BBC. So they had this half finished story that they'd sort of filmed a lot of on location in Cambridge and and stuff. And then when they tried to remount finishing the the story, they couldn't do it because actors had already sort of signed on to other work. So it was um, as much as they tried, they they couldn't get that story finished. So Shard is this sort of um, what do you call it? It's become this sort of mythical story. It has been released. It's worth checking out. Actually, there's a really good documentary on it. But because this story was laying in the vaults, John Nathan Turner um, thought, well. I'll use clips from that because no one's seen it. Probably no one so. knew about it at yeah. the time. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, so it, in a way it, it works quite well. Uh, you know, if you didn't know, I mean, I didn't know for many years. I just assumed he, he filmed it, but, but yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's from a story that just never got, never got finished. Yeah. And uh, they had yeah. it in the vault so they could sort of pick a couple of clips from it. So, okay. Yeah. I, I have my suspicion because the, mm. the film stock looks different. Yeah. You know, so I thought, you know, is this, like something that they've just taken. So it is a shame that he was. I really wanted to see him because he's my favourite classic Doctor, um, Tom yeah. Baker. So I, I was really, I was really looking forward because I, uh, with a lot of these classic Doctor stories, I don't know anything. I've really not read up on them. I don't want any spoilers. Whenever I check out a new one, I'd want to go into it fresh. Right. Um, so I, I didn't read too much on it. I didn't read any reviews or anything like that. So I was really looking forward to seeing some more Tom Baker. Oh, and it just didn't happen. And I was quite disappointed. But, you know, um, Troughton and Davison and, and, and the master, they kind of made up for it. They're like the best bits for me. Do, do you think Tom would have stole the show if he'd been in it? Yes. Because I, th- I, I, I get the feeling he would have as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd love to see like an alternative, you know, like in an alternative 
universe where he did say yes you know i'd love to see what it would have been like if he was in it but i do get the feeling he would have yeah he would have stole the show yeah absolutely <laughs> you yeah. know he's a but really a, strong character as well isn't he he's very oh, he's just yeah. such a presence on screen i mean uh, um i was watching the dvd with the product production subtitles on and apparently john nathan turner the producer was desperate to get him involved he really wanted him in it you know, he was apparently really gutted that he didn't sort of um, manage to secure him in there. But oh. you know, it would have been a different show. There's no way about it. I mean, it would have been a, it would have been a different ball game if Tom had been in there. Absolutely. And what about K9? We had a little cameo <laughs> from him. Oh, do you know? The thing is, when I watch that scene, it takes me back to being a kid, mate, <laughs> because I just remember loving seeing K9. K9. Uh, K9. When he comes wheeling out and saying, you know, don't go, danger mistress and all this and beware of the dog. Mate, as a, as a young kid, I loved all that. Um, watching it again now, you just sort of smile and think, oh, you know, K9. But yeah, I loved that. Loved that as a kid. And you've met John Leeson, haven't you? Yeah, he's a smashing bloke. He's a lovely bloke, he is. And he can still do the voice exactly as when I he know. was like a, like a, a young man. Yeah, it's he crazy. doesn't have any sort of... Well, he, might, he probably did have treatment um, used on the voice, but yeah, he just sort of breaks into it. Um, there's a famous thing about when they did a big convention at Longley around this time of when this all came out. It might have even been for the 20th anniversary. And poor old John Leeson was sort of put in a booth and had to <laughs> just commentate throughout the whole day as K-9. And apparently it just ripped his vo vocal cords out. He just said by the end of it, he just couldn't speak. Oh, you bless know, poor him. bloke. And uh, yeah, apparently, but apparently all the fans are like, yeah, we're getting a bit bored now. We've had K-9 <laughs> for like seven hours, you know, just blurry over the loudspeaker. But uh, we're oh, getting bless bored him. now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, probably really good fun to begin with. And then after sort of, 30 minutes, you know, let alone a couple of hours, you're probably like, oh, give it a rest, John. <laughs> yeah, oh, come on, man. This is great in a little bit now. Yeah, that's right. But... Okay. So what about uh, the brig before we move on to the story itself? You like oh, the brig in this? Love it. Yeah, I love the brig. He's yeah, very no... cool, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I love stories when they're brigs. You know, any story that's, um, uh, in Inferno especially, love that. Oh, classic. One yeah. of my faves. Any story with the brigadier, just very cool. Yeah, I, I think, you know, again, he's not in it that much, but he gets some nice lines in this. And, um, yeah, I think he's really good in it. You know, I love the bit where they're going into the tunnel and the Yetis after <laughs> them. And he's being really sarcastic as he's like, well, you know, what have you got me into now and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, yeah, he's good. Yeah. Love the brig. And the thing, I, that I, yeah, the thing that I liked about his uh, character and the way that he was, well, maybe maybe not necessarily the way it was written, but the way that um, uh the brigadier actually was in this um the way that nicholas courtney plays this is yeah. very much a case of for god's sake can we wrap this up <laughs> yeah that's you right. know, it was all the time he was like his, his just his tone and the way he, he put this across was very much like oh for god's sake when are we going home sort of thing it was really cool love that. that's right he just wants to get back to that inaugural address doesn't he he's just like um you know, if you weren't a blimmin' turned up when you did, I wouldn't be in this mess sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd be enjoying a nice port at a dinner table now and all this. Sort of, yeah, he's wonderful. Look, Nick Courtney's um, just great, I think. Yeah, and probably at the time, Nick Courtney probably did want to get down the pub. <laughs> probably did. Yeah, yeah, he probably did. Wasn't he famous for during, like, breaks for filming, just buggering off down the pub and sinking a few jars? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. 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 <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy right so story very quickly what do you reckon well it, it's, it is a fairly simple story overall isn't it i mean when once we actually get to the sort of climax of it um 
yeah, it's. I, I just think it's enjoyable. I just think it's really good fun from start to finish. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was one of those stories where you didn't have to think too much. You could just sit there and take it in, absorb it, you know, really enjoy these doctors. Um, and it's got a nice conclusion as well. Happy ending. Yeah, and I, yeah. I like I like the I like the payoff actually the fact that it's um you know sort of saying to you what you know immortality and all that and I think that you know when he goes into the wall and you just see the eyes moving in the mm, yeah. I think that's really creepy and uh, and I love it <laughs> I think it works really well you know compared to the sort of lightness of the episode and stuff and you know and and I love it when the bruise is like are you after immortality as well and they're like oh no 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 I haven't just seen him go into a you know a, a paving slab on the wall <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, that yeah, was creepy th- though yeah yeah I think it, it wraps up really nicely and the doctor going on the run at the end you know a nice little sort of in joke um, yeah it, it all works for me as uh, you know I really really enjoy this story you know I, I never get bored of watching it yeah I thought it was just a, a really enjoyable layback story a really nice celebration for the 20th yeah and uh, it wasn't too timey-wimey didn't take you all over the place here and there and uh yeah it was just very cool liked it what, what would you say out of 10 uh, do you know what I, i'm honestly i'm gonna give it and i was gonna give it a 10 out of 10 I, I, I was 9 out of 10 10 out of 10 um i'm gonna give it a 10 out of 10 i i bloom and love it well you're going out of 10. you're going max i am you're gonna max it. out the score yeah I'm, i love it okay i'm gonna give it a nine yeah. The reason why I'm not going to give it a 10 is because there was no Tom Baker. Fair enough. So I'm going to give it a 9. And that's really, uh, we do not dish out 9s or 10s lightly. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> really good story, though. Great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the five doctors, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. That's going to wrap it. That is. So the five doctors. Oh, it's probably a nine and a half average then between us. Yeah, I reckon that's that's about right. And I, I meant to say we got some comments on the old Facebook as well, didn't we? Um, from people saying how much they liked it. Yeah, we got um, uh, Jace Howes. Yeah. So, so it was a bit short, but great story could have been longer. Uh, we had Nick Nick Gill, good friend of mine. So it's a great ensemble piece. Uh, William Handel gives a great performance as the first Doctor, uh, but shame they didn't get together until the end. Yeah, 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 it would have been nice to see a bit more. Yeah, um, we had uh, I had a couple. I had uh, Brad Black said um, William Hundrell, meaning Richard Hundrell, is frightening as William Hartnell, right down to the similarity in names. It was a fitting anniversary tribute. Yeah, cool. Uh, Mag- I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Magni Egda de Brookier. He uh, <laughs> loved it, um, but would have been better with Tom Baker in it. He says, uh, "Try and get through these quicks." Spence Horton Harpin really enjoyed this story when it first transmitted. Happily watch it now. Um, Matthew Thomas, favourite anniversary special, loved it. Cool. And Paula Black, she says, too bad Tom Baker didn't participate. Wonder if he regrets it. Love the multiple Doctor story. Richard Hundrell, amazing. First Doctor still thinks Pertwee stole the show. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh, yeah, big, uh, big fan there, Paula. Yeah, cool. On Twitter, I had Phil Vernon. Uh, I just remember at the time being disappointed there wasn't much Tom Baker. Agree with that. Mm. And uh, Cousins 2019. I love the Five Doctors. One of the best specials. Yes. Cool. So that is going to wrap for episode 19. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, as usual, jump over to bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can find links to Twitter and Facebook. Jump on there. Have a chat with us. 
and um, we will see you for episode 20 yeah see you then bye bye oh Alonzi Alonzi three two one Alonzi Alonzi